0: Welcome to another episode of the Stoutcast with your beer-guzzling host, Bob Moffat solo this time at the California Craft Brewers Association. We are looking for stouts and we didn't have to go far to find one. We have Kevin Hopkins, the Vice President of Mother Earth Brew Company, and you have a peanut butter stout, which I just got poured small sample of, and while you talk and tell me all about it, I'm going to drink.
1: That sounds like a good idea. You're drinking Syntax. Syntax comes back from a prohibitionary kind of deal of the types of Syntaxes there, something that was so good and so so decadent that you had to tax it to control it. In this case, it's an 8.1% imperial stout. It's robust. We actually brew out brown sugar and such, get all the fermentables out. And because it's really roasty and toasty and higher alcohol, we wanted to balance that out. So we use a little bit of peanut butter, natural peanut butter through a tincture process. Uh, we're not using the meat solid, so it completely homogenizes. There's no allergens, so I like to say there's no EpiPen required on it. And so, because of that, it comes out with a nuance of peanut butter. So it's really an imperial stout with peanut butter. It's not a peanut butter stout, where many of them are traditional milk stouts down in the five percent range, a little sweeter.
0: Thank goodness, because I mean, the number of times I've had to jab somebody with an EpiPen after that butter Stout. I know. Restaurant. I mean, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time. I mean, uh, no, but seriously, that's that's awesome. And the other thing about it is that, unlike other peanut butter stouts, it's not that peanut butter Reese's thing that. I personally don't care for it. Well,
1: yeah, you know, there's certainly a segment for that dessert beer aspect of having something sweeter, a little bit more to it. We like a little bit of that butterscotch, but we don't want so much of it that becomes diacetyl. right? We're not looking for that buttery thing to it. That's a bad profile for beer. I just want that nuance to balance out so you're not tasting 8% beer and a big, really astringency from the roasted malts.
0: Uh, where are you and uh, how are your uh, products available?
1: Great question. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I thought of it all by myself. Uh, yeah, You're amazing. amazing. They don't give these jobs to chimps. <laughs> no, no, no. They do not. They do not. Although they're fun to watch. <laughs> but we have two breweries. The original one, Vista, California, which is North San Diego County. That facility is 22,000 square feet. We also have a 40,000 square foot brewery based outside of Boise, Idaho. And we currently distribute to 17 states, 13 countries worldwide, including all of your major purveyors. So if you're on the West Coast, you get into Vons, Albertsons, Safeway, Rayleigh's, uh, Whole Foods, Routh's, Kroger's back east, any of those kinds of places, as well as your corner liquor stores, major restaurant chains like Yard House, all kinds of retailers.
0: Final question, a lot of these events, the brewers don't bring stouts. But you came from a considerable distance and you brought one with you. Why?
1: Uh, strategically, to be perfectly honest, you know, we're a San Diego-based brewery, we make some outstanding IPAs. Buku IPA, number 18 IPA in the entire country according to Draft Magazine, but we've got 155 of our brethren here, and many of them brought IPAs. And often I always find the people, even in the, in the middle or end of summer now, they're like, I love stouts, I would love to have a stout, so why not bring one? My hook is this, I brought a vanilla cream ale to pair with the stout, and then I make black and tans. And so that way people can go high ABV, they can go lower, they can go in the middle.
0: Well, normally I don't judge a beer while the person who made it is standing right in front of me. But I'm going to break that rule here because this is by far the best peanut butter stout I've ever had.
1: Well, thank you. That's so high I've praise. Got,
0: I've got to give it a very good rating. It just, I mean, the, the, It's nice and balanced. It's a, it has a little bit of an aftertaste. which. You know, I would rather it wasn't there, but otherwise the combination of flavors is really fantastic. Well, thank you. And it's such a delight as opposed to what I was expecting. I can't even tell you. So
1: nicely done, sir. Well, thank you. Who do I make the checkout to? That's Bob Moffitt,
0: Uh (laughs) M-O-F-F-I-T-T. All right, we got to be moving on. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Cheers. All right. It did not take long before we found another one. We're at Barley Forge Brewing Company out of Costa Mesa and we have in front of us the Patsy, which is a coconut rye stout, which should be either fantastic or should be terrible because I hate coconut and rye. We're gonna find out because Doug Gardner, director of sales, is gonna pour us one. As you're pouring us one, can you tell us a little bit about what you're pouring?
2: Yeah, sure. Our Patsy is our flagship beer. It actually is our uh, number one seller. It's uh, American rye stout, 6.6% alcohol, with about 100 pounds of toasted coconut per 15 barrel batch. So there's no artificial ingredients in the beer. It's very, very coconut forward. I like to say it's kind of like a Mounds bar without the sugar. So lots of notes of dark chocolate and coffee. Lots of coconut, but no residual sugar. It actually won a uh, silver medal at World Beer Cup this last year.
0: I'm terrified. How balanced is it? Is it super balanced or is it really coconutty?
2: And is coconutty a word? Coconutty might be a word, might not be a word. But I think you're the only one who can tell us how balanced it is. Uh-huh.
0: That is definitely an interesting combination of flavors. <laughs> now, what classification uh, would this be? Uh, is it like a, a dessert stout, or what? How
2: would you how would you classify it? We we call it a coconut rye stout. Um, but the category we won the silver medal for World Beer Cup was field beer, so anything with coconuts, other kinds of nuts, chilies, so things like that. So I I, w- I would usually pair this with dessert if you're going to pair it with something like that. But overall, it's uh, it's a beer for all occasions.
0: Okay, fantastic, Doug. So nice to meet you. All right, so let's grade this bad boy. All right, now first, I was petrified because I loathe coconut. I loathe rye almost as much as I loathe coconut. But this is a nice beer. It's it has a distinct flavor, but you wouldn't drink it, and if you didn't know it was coconut and rye, you wouldn't scream. Ugh, that's coconut. Or, Ugh, that's rye. It's all. It's got an aftertaste to it. It's a little bitter but it's a good beer. So hats off to Barley Forge Brewing Company for far exceeding my expectations in producing a good beer. The coconut rye, the Patsy, they called it. All right, so Coronado Brewing Company has the early bird milk stout brewed with coffee and chocolate, Uh, kind of a white can with uh, brown wavy lines through it, a greenish, Uh, Symbol Coronado looks like a mermaid carrying a stout swimming through the ocean Uh, 5.5% alcohol by volume 20 IBUs uh, with bird rock coffee roasters Um, Coronado is out of Coronado, California. So we're going to try the cold brew milk stout uh, brewed with coffee and chocolate And the first thing you get is the coffee And the second thing you get is the coffee. So they promised coffee, but they also promised chocolate. And I'm not getting a lot of chocolate, although I'm guessing maybe the chocolate is in there to kind of balance the thing out. As far as a coffee stout goes, it's solid. It's good. It's got that kind of lingering aftertaste that sometimes is associated with a coffee. But if you like coffee stouts, this is a good solid beer. Unfortunately, the people behind the tap are unauthorized to speak about it or else we tell you more. But we'll throw a little love their way anyway. Nice job, Coronado Brewing Company. We're at like Stoutapalooza palooza because I've gone another three feet and now I'm at Abnormal Beer Company out of San Diego. And in front of me is Niall Molina who uh, apparently invented this little piece of goodness which is the... Maple Mornings Imperial Stout, 12.5 alcohol by volume. Tell me about this little bit of wonderment as uh, somebody pours me some.
3: All right. So this uh, beer is Imperial Stout. It's basically our base Imperial Stout. We just add um, a little bit of maple syrup in at the end of the boil, um, and then we let it ferment all the way out, and we actually recirculate uh, the beer over coffee and vanilla. Uh, to solidify those little layers of flavors. And you just basically end up with a stack of pancakes or waffles, whichever fancies you the best uh, with uh, sweet maple syrup and a little bit of coffee to wash it down, basically. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's if, I mean, if you ever, if you ever made a
0: breakfast out, you'd want it to
1: taste something like this. <laughs>
0: Ooh, and then the alcohol hits you at the end. Oh, yeah. lets you know that maybe you shouldn't be drinking or eating this or drinking this before you go to work. Yep. Wow. That comes in waves. What's uh, so? So what was the what was the goal as you as you started?
3: Um, well, this was actually a recipe from our original head brewer, um, who's actually here in Sacramento at Moxa now. Um, so. Derek originally did this uh, about a year ago. It was 115 uh, percent I rebooted it again and just kind of took some things that we saw and untapped that was people thought was a little too sweet. So we tried to make it a little bit drier. We got 12.5% instead of 115 um, percent But the whole idea behind it is basically just, uh, you know, whole morning in the glass, you know, good a good breakfast, you know, maple pancake stack, but that coffee that you always pairing it with, so you get a little pick-me-up in the morning. Um, and it just seemed like the best base for it would be a really big, heavy stout with all that roastiness already in it. Wow!
0: Well, you certainly hit the breakfast aspect of it, and it's yeah, it's ma- the maple syrup comes through right away. That's uh, that is an unusual beast right there, and uh, and very tastefully done. That's Niall Molina with the Abnormal Beer Company, and where are you guys out of?
3: We're out of uh, San Diego, a little kind of offshoot town called Rancho Bernardo in San Diego.
0: Okay, and where is your products available
3: Uh, we're basically in San Diego County a little bit in LA and Orange County right now we send a few things up to Sacramento usually for events and stuff but uh, we're working on possible distribution to get through the whole state soon fantastic
0: thank you for your time appreciate it all right
3: Wow
0: well that first taste is just fantastic and then you kind of get hit by the coffee which if you like coffee is great and then the booze hits you, and then you kind of got this boozy whiskey thing going on. So if you like coffee stouts, if you like barrel-aged, boy, you combine that. And if you like a little sweetness, because you don't like too much whiskey, but but you like that taste anyway, man, this is this could be a real killer. I've got to give this, for what they're promising and what they delivered, I've got to give this a very good to excellent, really nicely done, Abnormal Beer Company, out of San Diego. So, wandering by and saw the Lost Abbey, and a name like that, it almost has to have a stout, doesn't it?
4: It does. Uh, this actually comes from our, uh, we have three different brands, so it's the Lost Abbey, Port Brewing, and the Hop Concept. This comes from Port Brewing, so this is our Imperial Stout, aged in Evan Williams uh, 23-year-old Evan Williams barrels. For about two years.
0: I'm guessing this is probably pretty steep on the uh, alcohol
4: meter. Uh, about 12 percent. Yeah, it, it'll uh, it'll wake you up or put you to sleep, however you want to take it.
0: Yeah, you definitely didn't uh, skimp on the on the barrel age.
4: Not at all. Not at all. No.
0: But the finish is at least on the first pole is it's pretty clean and there's not a lot of who's the aftertaste how do you what was the goal with the aftertaste and with the finish
4: Uh, that's why we left it in the barrels for two years Um, after a year we tasted it and normally we let beers sit for about a year before we uh, package but it wasn't where we wanted it to be on a balance level so we let it sit for another year it got to where um, we felt confident in in putting that in a package and presenting it to our consumers Um, so yeah so we, we literally just let the barrels kind of do the work and uh, gave it another year to kind of chill out and, and mellow.
0: What was the goal when you started?
4: Exactly what you're tasting, a very balanced Imperial style without adjuncts. We don't add hazelnuts or, or anything to it. It's, it's meant to focus on that chocolatey malt um, while still giving a little bit of that, that bourbon character, but not being overly boozy, overly hot.
0: That's Adam Martinez, director of media marketing for The Lost Abbey and their very nicely done barrel-aged imperial stout. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Now, if you've seen a peanut butter stout in the store, it's probably been a Belching Beaver peanut butter stout or one of the two, at least that I've seen. And Belching Beaver is here out of San Diego. So we have Jared Kay here. He's the Northern California representative of the company. Tell me about what you brought.
5: The peanut butter is the second best seller. It's stout. And I mean, uh, just based on that, we don't have the same following as an IPA would. The peanut butter is definitely our favorite. It's what we're most known for. Uh, You could call it our flagship, definitely.
0: are there is this a beer in progress are there more beers along this vein that are coming out because i know some people won't really care for like they don't like reese's peanut butter cups for instance. so like chocolate and peanut butter together isn't going to be their their bag right. but what else is there from this brewery
5: so we're most known for the stouts and ips definitely uh, peanut butter like i said is our flagship and we do kind of a line of stuff with peanut butter in it um, but other stuff that's not peanut butter related. We have heavy stouts like a uh, horchata stout. We have our ODB Russia Imperial stout. Uh, we do a honey blonde. We do several IPAs, including fruited ones like the uh, Swerve City, as well as a Here Comes Mango. Uh, and then we do a lot of fun stuff uh, down there that will come out as a draft specialty.
0: Okay, Jerry K with Belting Beaver. Thank you, sir, for the hey. time. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. Enjoy,
5: Thank sir. Thank you.
0: Alright, so we knew what we were going to get and we got it. And if you don't like peanut butter stouts, well then this one's not going to be for you. But if you like peanut butter stouts, and this is their second highest seller. It has, it just has that, it has a very distinct flavor. It starts off with peanut butter and it ends with peanut butter. You know what you're going to get and you get it. Um, but for me, I'm not crazy about it. so. This is one of those times where the Stoutcast kind of fails its audience and that there's something that is one of those times where the Stoutcast fails its audience and that it finds something that it knows that a lot of people will like, but we're not big fans. But anyway, we appreciate Belching Beaver for their time. I think we're going to wrap up with part one of the Stoutcast podcast at the Craft Brew Summit in downtown Sacramento we're going to have a second one. So with that promise in mind, stay tuned. We'll have that released hopefully uh, rather shortly. Until then, thanks for joining us. Until next time.